some words from Psalm 136. Give thanks to the Lord because he is good. His love is eternal. Give thanks to the greatest of all gods. His love is eternal. Give thanks to the mightiest of all lords. His love is eternal. By his wisdom he made the heavens. His love is eternal. Give thanks to the God of heaven. His love is eternal. Let's pray together. God of love, we praise you that you not only welcome us as we are, but you see the potential for who we could be in you. We praise you that you patiently encourage us to keep on striving to be like you while loving us just the way we are. It is this love that gives purpose to our lives. It is this love that gives meaning to all we say and do. So Lord, when we are so consumed by our own need that we fail to see the needs of others, have mercy on us. When our heads are way up in the clouds and we trip over those lying at our feet, have mercy on us. When we're full of self-importance and ignore what really matters, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us and bestow on us the ability to see others as you see us with infinite love and unwavering compassion. In our worship today, help us to capture your vision for our lives and then go out in your power to love you by loving our neighbours. Amen. We read from the New Testament, from John's Gospel, chapter 15, the first 17 verses. Page 138, if you have the Good News Bible. Jesus, the real vine. I am the real vine, and my father is the gardener. He breaks off every branch in me that does not bear fruit. And he prunes every branch that does bear fruit, so that it will be clean and bear more fruit. You have been made clean already by the teaching I have given you. Remain united with me, and I will remain united to you. A branch cannot bear fruit by itself. It can do so only if it remains in the vine. In the same way, you cannot bear fruit unless you remain in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will bear much fruit. 
for you can do nothing without me. Whoever does not remain in me is thrown out like a branch and dries up. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire where they're burnt. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, then you will ask for anything you wish and you shall have it. My Father's glory is shown by your bearing much fruit and in this way you become my disciples. I love you just as the Father loves me. Remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I've told you this so that, you may, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My commandment is this, love one another just as I love you. The greatest love a person can have for his friends is to give his life for them. And you are my friends if you do what I command you. I do not call you servants any longer because servants do not know what their master is doing. Instead, I call you friends because I have told you everything I have heard from my father. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear much fruit, the kind of fruit that endures. And so the Father will give you whatever you ask of him in my name. This, then, is what I command. Love one another. Good morning. It's lovely to be here again at uh, Hillhead. The sun's out. Brilliant. Fantastic. I was a little bit worried this morning when uh, Anne asked me to sit at the side this morning. I was really worried because in case you thought I was going to be a star vocalist for the choir this morning, you'd have been sadly disappointed if you'd thought that because I cannot sing for, for toffee. But it's great to be back here at, uh, at Hillhead. It's always a pleasure to be here. And uh, as several of you know, I've been at the Baptist College. I finished up a couple of months ago now, uh, studying there. And, uh, and maybe this is a bit of a confession, that as a student, maybe I should ask my wife to you know, close her ears, is that I've, I've gone into this bad habit of watching daytime game shows. Pointless is a particular favourite. Uh, there are other game shows. I'm not promoting that one singly. There's The Chase, Tipping Point, and many, many others. But I find, I don't know if it's my age, but I find myself sometimes shouting at the TV when people give the most ridiculous answers to questions. You just think to yourself, come on, don't be daft. That's, a, that's an easy one. But I looked these up on, uh, online. These are genuine answers that people have given to questions. I'll see if you, can, if you can guess the answers that they gave. So the first question is, in human development, 
What be is the usual four-letter word for a newborn infant. It begins with B. It's, it's, you know, it's baby, isn't it? The answer given was wasp. Wasp. Why? Um, another one, name a TV soap. You can't, yeah, Emmerdale, EastEnders, Neighbours, I don't know, all the rest of it. The answer given was uh, Dove. <laughs> Come on, you know. And uh, who wrote The Lord of the Rings? Famous book. Tolkien, obviously. Not according to this person, it was Enid Blyton. <laughs> Fantastic. And lastly, and my favourite, is uh, who was assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald in Dallas. It it was JFK. Not according to this person. It was uh, J.R., (laughs) who's obviously J.R. Ewing from the the TV programme. So you can understand maybe why you find yourself shouting at the telly, or maybe it's just me that does that. You know, it seems just so obvious, the answer. But he still managed to come up with these really harebrained answers instead. And when I've read this, this passage uh, this morning, that, that we've just read this morning, this passage seemed to me to be, in a way, like one of these really obvious question questions. Where the question that Jesus asks us is, how will you know growth and blessing? And the answer is by staying close to him, by remaining in him. And when I've read this, and hence the title for this morning's sermon, I just hear my teenage stepson going to me, well, Chris, well, duh, it's obvious, isn't it? You know, the way teenagers do, that kind of, oh, you're so stupid, you know. But it does just seem a little bit too easy. But in the passage there, Jesus doesn't ask us to recite the whole Bible in the original Greek and Hebrew, obviously. Nor does he try to say to you that you need to explain the complex theological principles of the Trinity. You can guess I've been at Bible college for a little while now. Or that you need to have perfect church attendance. That's morning and evening services, midweek prayer meeting, house group and business meetings. Nor do you need to live a perfect, faultless life to live to no growth and blessing. None of these things are obviously bad, but that's not what Jesus asks of us in this passage. If we want to know growth and blessing in our life. So how will you know growth and blessing? Well, Jesus tells us by staying close to him. It just seems a little bit too easy, doesn't it? There's part of us, I think, that want it to be a bit more complicated. But as he says in verse 5, and I'm reading from the NIV, so it might be slightly different to what we've just read. He says in verse 5, If a man or woman remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Remain in me. Abide in me. Stay joined with me, dwell in me, live in me, or be vitally united to me. 
but it just seems a little bit too easy. But just to make sure we don't miss the point, certainly in the NIV version, the word remain is used ten times by Jesus in those short verses. You think, you know, maybe Jesus is trying to tell us something when he's doing that. So how will we know growth and blessing by staying close to Jesus? Now, not only when you look at this passage, is this a, an obvious answer? It also begs the question of why wouldn't you want to do that? When you look and you, and you dissect the passage there. He is, after all, the true vine, as it says in verse 1 and 5. Embodying and fulfilling everything Israel was meant to be. And he invites us, he asks us to come and join him in this new thing that God is doing. But he also says elsewhere, he's the bread of life. There to satisfy those who are hungry. He says he's the light of the world. He'll bring illumination to our lives. He's the good shepherd, protecting and guiding his flock. He is the resurrection and the life, bringing and sustaining life. And of course, in verse 13 there, he says he is the friend who lays down his life for us. He's someone good to be around. Why wouldn't we want to be close to him? Why wouldn't we want to stay close to Jesus? Well, in the passage, there seems to be so much to be gained from staying close to him. There's that promise of fruitfulness in our lives. Verses 4 and 5 again say, Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself but must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If your man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That being close to Jesus should bring life and abundance. So why wouldn't we want to stay close to him? But there's also there the promise of divine favour. We see that in verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. That as we remain, we stay close to Jesus, we will see prayers answered. As we stay close to Jesus, we will see our prayers, I think, coming more into line with God's will. That's an exciting place to be. Why wouldn't you want to stay close to him? And then we will also have a positive witness to God's glory if we stay close to, that, close to him. It says in verse 8, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. I don't know about you, but that's what I want in my walk with God. To to bring things that are to to the Father's glory, that bear much fruit, that I see friends and family coming to the Lord, joining me in that walk with me, to bring glory to God as my way of saying thank you to God. For the good that he has done to me. That's what I want. So again it's that question. Why wouldn't we want to stay close. To Jesus. Of course why wouldn't we want to stay. Close to Jesus. Because the passage seems to spell out. There are some dire consequences. If we don't. For it be it's. uh, 
No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Commentator dear Carson comments on that says that our growth is driven by the pulsating life of the vine in the branch and this kind of growth produces fruit. So like a branch cannot grow and flourish without its sustenance from its vine, so we cannot grow and flourish if we don't remain close to Jesus. We will not experience that fruitfulness, that divine favour, that positive witness if we are not close to him. But there seems to be an even dire consequence. That verse 6, it says, If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. It's one of those really frightening verses. The one that you like to skim read over quickly. But it's quite clear. The point is quite painstakingly clear. If we don't stay close to Jesus, then we're cutting ourselves off from our life source. We become like old, dry branches, which no longer produce anything useful. The only use we have left is to the fire. Why wouldn't you want to stay close to Jesus? Because staying close to Jesus... The positives outweigh the negatives by so much, don't they? So, how will we know growth and blessing by staying close to Jesus? Well, that obviously brings up another question for us. How do we stay close? Do we have to complete some special qualification? Maybe there's an MVQ or a diploma or a degree that we need to do. Maybe we have to complete years of intensive training before Jesus will allow us to come close to him. Of course the answer is no. Verse 10. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. Obey my commands. Jesus asks us. And how complex are these commands? Are they oh, so many things that we have to do to balance, to juggle about? No. It's quite simply in verse 12 it says, My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Love each other as I have loved you. To remain close to Jesus is to obey him, but not out of fear, but love for him. A love that demonstrates itself in our love for others. A love that wishes to imitate Christ's love for us. And I think that obedience brings one thing, and it brings joy, being close to Christ like that. And I think that joy is sort of brought out in probably two of my favourite verses in the whole Bible, which are verses 14 and 15, where it says, You are my friends if you do what I command. 
I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I learned from my father, I have made known to you. We are no longer servants, slaves, but friends of Christ. No longer do we wish to remain out of a sense of duty, but because we're friends. We are friends, we want to remain close because we know we are loved by the king. The king of kings. A king who has chosen and appointed us to go and bear fruit for him. (laughs) Again, it is so positive. Why wouldn't we want to stay close to Jesus. I suppose that adds another question, doesn't it? The big question. If the way we can experience growth and blessing is by remaining, staying close to Jesus, why don't we do it more? That's the challenge for me. If there's so much to be gained in remaining, staying close to Jesus, that fruitfulness, that divine favour, being able to bring glory to God, why don't we do it more? If remaining close to Jesus can be such a positive experience, increasing our knowledge of God's love for us, growing our friendship with God, giving us greater understanding of the purpose God has for us, why don't we do it more? And the more I think of that, the more I go back to the initial question. How will we know growth and blessing? By staying close to Jesus. And that voice of my teenage stepson rings loudly. Well done. Come on, Chris. You know that's true. It's easy. Just put it into practice. But if it's so obvious... Why do I constantly get it wrong? I've been very fortunate in my walk with the Lord that I've had a a friend I would regard as a spiritual mentor. He probably would never speak of himself in that manner, but I would certainly see him that way. Someone who I would often go to, especially if I'm needing advice or encouragement, where I've maybe been walking through some difficult times, hitting that that brick wall, he would be the person I would go to first. And every time I go and speak to him about something, he always asks me the same question first. He asks me, how close are you to the Lord at the moment? Where are you with God at the moment? And almost every time, My answer is the same. When I stop and I pause, it's almost like a little light comes on. And I realise that in some way I've drifted a little bit from the Lord. Maybe not in a big dramatic way. It's not as if I've stopped going to church or I've stopped doing my early morning Bible readings or anything. But in a subtle way, I just seem to have pushed Jesus just a little bit further back he's maybe a bit of an inconvenience at that time so we're pushing back a little bit 
Maybe it's the, the busyness of life. Consumed with life's worries, focusing on family, work, whatever it is, trying to juggle all those things. But somehow I've managed to push Jesus just a little bit back. Or maybe it's some sin that's sneaked in and it's just keeping Jesus away. It just pushes Jesus just a little bit back. Or maybe it's some unforgiveness that's decided to wrap itself around my heart. And I've pushed Jesus just a little bit back. Or maybe it's been my studies and I've become maybe too proud and haughty at my new theological knowledge that I need to remember I need to approach the Lord like a little child because I've pushed Jesus just a little bit back. And whatever it is, I've just forgotten that simple command of Jesus to remain in me, he says to me. That I've cut myself off from that living vine. Instead of knowing all the blessings, the joy that comes from remembering this simple command, life is frustrating. Life is dry. And each time when I've acknowledged this, when I've sat with my friend and we've prayed together, when I've made that deliberate step to move back closer to Jesus, when I've answered his command to remain in me with a big yes, it has made all the difference. Not every situation has changed the way that probably I would like it, but I have changed. I have changed because I am connected to my Saviour. I am in the vine. And I know the blessing, that fruitfulness, that joy of walking close with him, of remaining in him. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Lord, we live in a world of instant communication, instant purchase, instant gratification. Virtue, we are taught, is in the now, in the immediate. So we confess to you now that we have lost any sense, any need for remaining, for abiding, for tarrying. As you reproved your disciples in the garden for being unable to wait with you at that hour of your greatest need, so we now need similar admonishing. We confess to you our lack of attendance, our habitual impatience. Reteach us, Lord, the art of waiting and remaining. And most importantly, reteach us to wait upon you, to remain in you, to abide with you. In our silence now, begin to reset our hearts upon our dwelling with you and your indwelling with us. Lord, we also acknowledge that 
Despite our instantaneous world, so many of the ills we see around us go on without resolve, lingering on and on despite our efforts. We think of the ravaging wars in places like Syria, where uprising has come at the cost of complete decimations of cities and homelands, leaving thousands of refugees. We ask that your commandment to love one another might somehow, some way, find footing there. We think of the acts of terrorism that go on in the name of a higher power. And in particular, we pray today for the kidnapped Nigerian schoolgirls and their captors. Here again, we ask that your commandment to love might overpower all other motives. We think closer to home of the ongoing inequalities and the entrenched poverty that so many around us must endure. Again, may your commandment to love overtake our consumerism and want, and may we in positions of prosperity learn to wait and remain with those who are in need. We also think of those very dear and personal to us who struggle with the demands of life or perhaps with the encroachments of death. Here, too, we ask that you remain with them as they find ways to remain with you. We seek a joy that is complete. May we find that in your love and in our love for each other. And we pray this in your name as you taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Bless one another in the blessing on our order of service. Jesus said, I tell you this, that my joy may be in you. Love one another as I have loved you. Jesus said, I have appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Love one another as I have loved you. As we leave this place, we go in the knowledge that Christ loves us. And that we are called to be a community where his love 